going on, people? It's your boy, Kalechi, back with another episode of the Rambling Mind Podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing today? I hope y'all are staying safe. I hope y'all are taking care of yourselves. I hope y'all are doing all the things you know you ought to do during these times. We got a lot to get into today. We got crypto going mainstream. We got a $0 business being worth over $100 billion, shocking the entire world. We got Visa being denied by retailers, which is shocking. I never thought I would see the day where people would actually reject Visa card. We'll talk more about how that happened and what company it is. It might shock you to hear the companies that that is actually rejecting Visa. It's just, it's a sign of the times, my friends. It's a sign of the times. But we start this episode off by talking about the COP26 climate summit in glasgow scotland which ended on saturday with a lot of promises but not a whole lot of concrete details about how we're going to be moving into the future of net zero carbon there was a lot of stuff was said but you know when somebody says a whole lot of something but really they didn't really say anything like typical politicians speak they go up on stage you ask them a question and they talk for like 15 minutes but they didn't really say anything because every time they thought they were about to answer the question they just double tracked and they're like well you know we just be like you know my friends you know you know how we just like you yeah yeah exactly you know what i mean and i'm just like you know that professional speak that's what they basically did during the cop 26 climate however there was one big takeaway from the summit that stands out there was a standardization of an international carbon trading market it was originally introduced six years ago in the paris agreements yeah that thing that everybody said yeah we're all for it but then everybody just proceeded to just ignore it and we'd be like we ain't in paris anymore we got to do business we got to make this money but anyway the carbon trading with a will allow the official trading of carbon credits essentially companies will be able to buy and sell carbon credits to meet emission standards for example if a power plant will not be able to meet its emission limits goals for a year rather than getting fined and having to pay a bunch of money to whatever the government chooses to put the fine towards the power plant can go to someone like a solar solar power plant and buy credits from them or go to like an ev manufacturer and buy credits from them so the question you might be asking is like you keep talking about these credits like what the heck are these credits these carbon credits that you keep on mentioning well carbon credits is a permit representing one ton of carbon dioxide being removed from the atmosphere credits are created through projects that reduce or eliminate co2 and other greenhouse gases from being released so think about if people go plant trees or if there's a carbon capture technology which there's multiple of those nowadays of a company which actively tries to carbon capture from the atmosphere those kind of things they will be awarded credits they generate those credits and they can sell those credits to other businesses that are dumping uh carbon into the atmosphere the idea is for this to allow money to flow from carbon capturing and re- uh, for money to flow to carbon capturing and renewable development companies from other companies that can't make those same investment because of the type of business that they are in. But there is a downside. There is a high likelihood that companies could start using this just as a cop out to not actually do anything to improve their carbon emissions. The idea of the carbon trading is that it has to be it has to be expensive enough to where they don't want to be making this just an addition to their bottom line, where it's actually starting to cost them extra revenue. Because if it's cheap, then it won't matter. It will be like, okay, it's cheap. Like we can just keep paying this thing and say, hey, we met our emissions target for the year and we don't really have to do anything about that. Either way, it is expected by the end of this year, 
$1 billion in carbon units will be traded. And that's like, we're already in November. So a lot of people are going to be buying a lot of these credits. We've talked about it in the past. I believe we talked about it last year where a lot of companies use this as kind of like a way to get around having to pay high fees because of their emission rates and because they have to hit certain targets. It's actually one of the ways that Tesla was able to break through and become a net profit company to actually generate cash flow rather than being a company that kept on losing money was they were big on selling a lot of carbon credits because all they do is sell EVs. But moving on from there, President Biden met with the Chinese President Xi Jinping for about three hours on Zoom. But like with every small talk discussion you have ever had, nothing of your importance really came out of it. You know those kind of talks where you meet somebody and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after a while, you both walk away and we're like, I don't even know nothing about that person. We talked for that long and we, I don't know anything they said. Like, okay, they, they mentioned this and that. It's just kind of a, a very boring conversation. It's like water cooler talk at, at the office, which thank goodness I've not had to do one of those in a long time because I hate those discussions. I'm so bad at it. I'm so bad at just talking with people randomly and they'll be like, Oh, hey, nice to see you again. And I'm like, do I know you? I don't really know you like that. Like, okay, like, oh, nice to see you too. And I'll be looking like, where's your name badge? Where is your name badge? I'm, Man, just thinking about going back to the office and I'm just thinking like, oh, I got to start doing all this stuff again. In the past, like when you have meetings with people online, you can always see their name right there in the corner. Like, okay, this guy's name is Josh. I'm going to say Josh right now. But now you got to start like, where's the name tag? And the annoying thing is like some people will be putting their name tags under their shirts, inside their pockets. It's like, no, no, the name tag needs to be on the outside so it can help everybody else know who you are. So it could not be out here like, oh, what's your name again? I don't know your name. Like the Stop it. Just stop it. But anyway, back to Xi Jinping and Biden. Businesses were hoping for a pullback on tariffs, which have been in effect since uh, Trump's trade war with China back in 2019. Remember, that was all we talked about in 2019 was how we have all these trade wars and tariffs and tariffs and trade war. And we were like, yeah, when Biden gets in the office, he's going to take all those back. And Biden got in the office and he was like, yeah, no. We ain't taking none of this stuff back. We need some of we, we need China to reciprocate and do their handle their end of the business as well. And China has not done that. Businesses want this because with the increased inflation that we have seen recently, tariffs are not really helping keep costs low for consumer. Overall, the meeting was more of a, as my pastor likes to say, to fulfill all righteousness and let everyone know US and China are still relatively cool with each other. Like, you know. They're still like, we stay in the same room. We ain't going to fight because we see each other, but we ain't exactly like dapping each other up or anything like that. We just going to be like, yeah, I know who he is. He knows who I am. We, we know not to mess with each other. Like we just chill. Like we ain't trying to go to war. We ain't trying to do all of that. We just chill. Like the rest of the world, y'all can chill. We ain't in China and the U.S. We're the strongest out here. We're the strongest MFers out here. We ain't going to do nothing to, none to anybody. We ain't trying to start World War Three. We cool. We depend on each other. We still trade with each other. This is just a sign to show that we are amicable. But we ain't, we ain't at the stage where we can start meeting face to face just yet. You know what I'm saying? Like we ain't dead just yet. But, but, but this is a first side. Like we, 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 we like each other just enough. Just, just to be able to see each other on a screen is good enough for us. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's basically what this whole meeting was. But prior to the meeting with Xi, Biden signed the $1.2 billion, trillion dollar infrastructure bill. And we all collectively said, finally, like we've been waiting on that thing for how long? Like we've been waiting on that thing to come through and 
finally, 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 it has gotten signed and is going to start being pushed and implemented. The bill should help alleviate some of the current economic issues that we face right now due to supply constraints, which will help with inflation. However, much like the last two minutes of an NBA playoff game, y'all know it. Like in the NBA playoff game, it feels like a whole other game just started. Timeouts, timeout after timeout. Like the thing just goes on for so long. But anyway, it is going to take a while to see any of the benefits of the infrastructure improvement. Unfortunately, we are not yet in the metaverse where all it takes is a quick system upgrade and everything will be fine. In the real world, we still have to build everything. We have to build roads. We have to build bridges. We have to build railroads. We have to lay down the the pipelines in order for even the digital infrastructure to be put into place. In other words, broadband service needs to be laid. Like those are actual physical cables that need to be put into the ground and those kind of things. So all those investments will be great, but it's going to take some time before we actually get to that point. I like to say this and I've said it multiple times. The American spender is undefeated. It's just, we just cannot be stopped. It doesn't matter what it is. We will spend that money. It doesn't even like we will spend money. Inflation who? Delta variant what? A lower consumer sentiment? Uh-uh. We don't care. We are spending this money. The government gave us stimulus check now we are stimulating we are doing our job as consumer of in of the of the economy we are doing our job and stimulating this economy as we are supposed to <laughs> retail sales grew shockingly despite everything that i just mentioned grew 1.7 percent for the month of october now you guys will be like 1.7 percent it doesn't sound like that much but when you get into the trillions and trillions of dollars 1.7 percent is a large amount of money like 1.7 percent is a large amount especially when you're looking month over month for the third straight month we saw retail sales actually grow however part of the rise is rise is due to the fact that things are more expensive so that's where that inflation is starting to kick in than it was in previous months but even with that being said it used to be high prices was the cure for high prices, but apparently this is no longer the case. Even with me saying all of this and sounding, putting a positive spin on things and even having a positive nose, this is not affecting everyone the same way. Inflation for me may not be that big of a deal because I can absorb some of those costs because thank God I have a decent, well, a decently well-paying job. Not everyone can absorb a lot of these costs. It turns out that the extra savings that people had built up over the pandemic as expected as, as we have been expecting this to happen, is starting to get in into. According to Elin Gask, an economist at Prudential's PGIM, she says, savings will wind up being a pressure release valve for low-income households to deal with heftier gas, heftier gas prices, grocery bills, or health heating bills. Even me, I just, I went, I went to buy gas today and I paid the highest that I've paid in a while on gas. It was like 50 bucks. I was like, whoa, that one hit me in the heart. I was like, and that's even with like the the fuel rewards that you get with Shell and even with T-Mobile giving me an extra 10 cents off every gallon. I was like, ah, oh, man, this hurts. This hurts. Now, I should have probably gone to Costco, but then that's a whole other thing. Like, is it really worth me driving all the way down to where Costco is just to buy? Like it was at that point, it's not worth it. But regardless, when we come back and just looking at the big picture again, demand is still very much at all time highs. According to Walmart's earnings report on Tuesday morning, there were 6% more transactions than this time last year. How much people spent at the register on average jumped 3%. And then Home Depot also reported their earnings on Tuesday as well. And they also said that visitors spent 
$82 more on average, which is a 13% increase than they spent last year. Remember last year, everybody was doing home improvement projects because we couldn't go anywhere else. So we we're just fixing up stuff around our house. Bloomberg does paint a very good picture of how things are shaping out. They say the biggest share of shoppers in at least 10 years say they won't spend on gifts this holiday season, which is something we haven't seen since 2008 financial crisis during the financial crisis. Households that make more than $150,000 will spend twice the holiday shopping average, according to PWC. And that just paints the perfect picture of just how people are going through this this situation and this time period so differently. On one side, people are going to be spending all that bread. On the other side, people are like, I can't spend any more bread. I got to cover just the needs alone. I got to cover my expensive. I can't spend on the things that I don't need to spend money on right now because things are just so expensive. Now moving into stats of the week. Stat number one, zero. Zero, like zero dollars. The amount of revenue. I mean, we talked about it a little bit last week when Rivian went public, but I didn't think it would keep flying like this. Like, oh my gosh, this company has no stopping. Actually, today it actually dropped about 18%. But my goodness, not before it became the third largest car manufacturer in the world behind only Tesla and Toyota. Let me put things in perspective for you. Toyota brings in about $300 billion every year on revenue. $300 billion. As a matter of fact, I'll bring up another comp company. Volkswagen also brings in about $300 billion a year. And it's larger than, <laughs> Rivian is larger than Volkswagen. Volkswagen sells about 10 million cars a year. You know how many Rivian has sold so far? 156 cars. No, 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 not 156,000 cars. 156 cars. And then the thing that's even more crazy is like not too far behind is Lucid Motors, another no revenue EV car manufacturer. And of course, because of how the stock market is right now, everything makes sense, right? I mean, I just put out a blog called Be Careful of Safety. Be Careful of Safety. Just because when things seem safe, when we feel like things aren't going to change, it was basically talking about status quo bias because for the last decade or so, we've been in a major bull market where stocks only go up. This is where you start seeing a lot of these things start showing up all over the markets where companies that don't have any revenue start just exploding in valuations and they are worth unbelievable amounts of money. Everybody is trying to chase to find the next Tesla. But the problem is usually if you're trying to find the next whatever, it's usually never as good as the original. The next Tesla is Tesla. Because one thing that people are not thinking about when you think about, oh my God, I want to get into the next Tesla is Tesla is not just cars alone tesla was able to build out its charging infrastructure tesla is also doing a lot of stuff for home battery packs tesla is doing a lot of stuff in solar energy so tesla is not just focused on one thing tesla does a plethora of things all these other car manufacturers whether it's rivian whether it's lucid motors all they do is car manufacturing it's not the same they're not the same but yet but yet everybody values them basically at the same rate it's crazy out there. I was like, I've been saying for a while now, just saying, please be careful as you're investing your hard earned dollars because you worked hard for your money. Just please be careful on what it is that you're choosing to invest in. I would also not, not tell you to not take risk. It's good to take some risk with your money as well because it can give you some rewards, but just be careful. Do your research. Take your time 
with this stuff. Next out of the week, 700 million adalas. This is the amount that Crypto.com paid to remain Staples Arena, which is where the Lakers play, to Crypto.com Arena. It is a 20-year agreement and the highest any company has ever paid to have the naming rights to a stadium or arena. The previous high was SoFi paying $600 million for the stadium that the LA Chargers and Rams play in. The reveal for the new stadium will be on Christmas Day when the Lakers play the Nets. Previously, Miami changed its arena, its arena name to FTX Arena, another crypto exchange, but they only, and I say only in air quotes, they only paid 135 million for a 19 year agreement. I'm not, I'm, if you've watched the NBA this year, one thing that every single person has noticed is the amount of sponsorships by crypto exchanges, whether it's Coinbase, whether it's crypto.com, whether it's BlockFi, whether it's FTX, whatever. There's been so, every time I turn on an NBA game on the court, you just see advertising for so many different or Gemini, all the different crypto exchanges. I've just been seeing so many commercials. So to see this, all I know is crypto is going mainstream, man. Crypto is becoming more and more mainstream. However, this does give me a lot of dot-com bubble vibes. This gives me a lot of, if you don't know what the dot-com bubble was, the dot-com bubble was when every single company, any company could basically go public. And as long as it had a dot-com at the end of it, it went public and it was able to raise a bunch of capital and it was able to have a crazy valuation. And during that time, there were all kinds of companies that were buying arenas left and right. As a matter of fact, some companies went bankrupt before a game was ever played in the arena that the company was named after, which is just interesting in and of itself. But this is something that was happening over and over and over again. So I'm getting some of those vibes overall in the same in the crypto space right now where we have a lot of things that just feels very bubbly but then again it's crypto like it's always bubbly like things are always popping off in crypto that's just part of the the world crypto is but the main thing that i took away from this is crypto is going mainstream in a massive way it is no longer an asset class that is just going to be owned by obscure computer nerds but it's actually now becoming more and more a part of our society but then again like i've been saying like i just said please be careful please be careful there's a lot of scam in the crypto arena if you don't know what you're doing with it please don't get into it okay get with somebody who actually understands this space so they can explain it more to you because there's a lot to it do your research don't just jump into everything because somebody said yo buy shiba buy doge buy this buy that like please guys take your time do your research understand what it is that you're getting into there's a lot of cool stuff happening in the crypto space i'm not gonna lie i'm one of those nerds that's excited for it i love web3 i love DeFi, but at the same time I'm not going to put all my money into any of this stuff because honestly, I'm still learning about it. I'm slowly learning about it. I've been spending like, it's been like two years now and I'm still not sure about this whole thing. I'm slowly coming around to it. Eventually I'll understand more about it. But at this point, please be careful guys. Please be careful. There is so much hype in the space. There is so much need, FOMO. Everybody wants to get rich quick tomorrow. Please be careful. But before we close this out, the other thing that I'll, get, I'll say on this topic is expect for Coinbase and Robinhood to also put their names on a stadium relatively soon, because why not? <laughs> and the last stat of the day is 11%. That was the increase in chip production for cars in October, according to the Federal Reserve. It is the highest 
output that we have seen since February when the shortage story began, when the chip shortage began. Seems that we are coming to an end of the chip shortage. GM actually announced that it is full speed ahead as it plans to reopen all its plants this month in North America. However, it will still take some time for a full recovery as many of the factories that are getting uh, turned back on will continue to run well below capacity. Now, moving into a shocking, I, I was not expecting, when I first saw this news, I was like, this ain't true. There's no way this happened. But retailers are pushing back against Visa credit cards. So, so backstory real quick. One of the things you have to know about Visa MasterCard, Visa MasterCard and all of these other services is the way that they make their money is by charging merchants a transaction or exchange fees. Basically, Visa created the whole system where they were like, yo, if we just put ourselves as a middleman so people can spend their money a little bit easier, we can actually charge more money on the merchants to get access to people's money. So Visa has been playing that game and they've been increasing their costs slowly. And then finally, the one company that can push back, the one retail company, you guys can go ahead and guess this. You guys, let me know. Guess what company it is that was able to push back against Visa. You know, it ain't going to be mom and pop. It ain't going to be one of these small merchants or anything. It has to be a, a retail company that has a lot of power. Which one do you think it is? Which company do you think it is? Just go ahead and like put it down somewhere. Email it to me. Hit me up on whatever, whether it's TikTok, Instagram, or Twitter. Hit me up. Let me know what your thought was, what company this is. Well, it's the one and only Amazon. Amazon was like, yeah, we're done with you, Visa. Like y'all playing these games. You keep giving us high fees. They said, at least in the UK... They are no longer going to be accepting Visa credit cards starting in January because their fees were too high. For Amazon, this is a big deal. Like for one company to actually come back and be like, you know, we're done with y'all. Like Amazon does, can actually do this because they have a lot of weight and a lot of people use their services regardless. People are just going to use another form of payment because people will just use something like Amazon Pay or even like uh, PayPal or Cash App. People will find other ways to use Amazon, which is why Amazon is like, I don't care. It's, it's fine. Like people is like, I don't care. Like people will find another way because people still want to use our site. And it's something that small businesses have been complaining about for a long time that Visa and MasterCard charge them in exorbitant fees that most of their money ends up being, most of their profit ends up being gone to Visa and MasterCard to be able to access those payments, which there's two sides of that argument because on one side, they don't have to deal with checks. They don't have to deal with a lot of cash, which ends up saving them money in the fact that they don't have to hire people to come pick up cash from their, their, their business, which means that you don't have to hire armored trucks and security guards and all this other stuff. But on the other side, are they saving money? I don't know. But the whole discussion is a very interesting one. And it's just interesting to see Amazon just be like, yeah, we got the wherewithal and we can do whatever the, we want because we're Amazon and we do what we want to do. But it is pretty interesting just to see how this will play out in the future. And the final thing that I'll leave you all with is we have a pretty good news. Pfizer signed an agreement with a UN-backed health group to prove to provide its COVID-19 pill called Plaxlovid. Again, scientists and names should not be allowed. Like, please, whenever anything is created, please, scientists, go talk to the marketing folks so they can tell you a name for whatever it is that you're creating because you suck at creating names. But anyway, that's besides the point. Back to topic. Basically, they're going to provide their COVID pill to low and income 
nations at a very cheap rate, actually at almost no cost. The deal will allow for other drug makers to make generic versions of the COVID-19 pill. It will be used in 95 different countries, hopefully reaching about 53% of the world's population. The pill was just approved by the US FDA, which is the Food and Drug Administration, after it was found to reduce hospitalizations and death when given within three days of COVID symptoms uh, to about 89%. I would love to say that this is a wonderful thing that Pfizer is doing from their goodness of their heart, which it is a wonderful thing they're doing, but it's not from the goodness from their heart. They're basically doing this so they can save face because Merck previously announced that they will also be licensing or allowing their pill to be used by uh, low income and middle income nations so that they can uh, use it and basically at no cost to those nations. Pfizer and Moderna, on the other hand, they've been fi- trying to find ways to maximize the F out of every single thing they've done with this pandemic, which I get. On the one hand, I understand it. They've done years and years of research, so they want to maximize the profits that they can get out of it. But at the same time, they're making a bunch of money off of developed nations. They can at least let some of those dollars go down the drain to help other countries out. Developed nations are paying full price. They're not trying to ask for no discount, but to help the rest of the country so we can be done with this virus and actually kill it rather than having uh, variants all over the place. I don't think they want to do that because at the end of the day, the reason why they will license the the pill and not the vaccine is always follow the money. The pill does not give the same profit margin that the vaccine does. And so if you agree, I don't know, there's a there's a part of me that feels like maybe Pfizer wants us to keep getting these vaccines so they can keep making this money. Pfizer and Moderna, I don't know. I don't know. That's just my uh my conspiracy theory as this whole thing is concerned. But anyway, that is oh my goodness. Anyway, that is all I got for y'all this week. I hope y'all learned one, maybe two things out of this entire thing. And if you did, share this podcast with one person that you love, one person that you hate, and one person you're just meh about. And by that time, you'd have shared with every single person that you know. But anyways, it's been your boy Kalechi. One quick note for next week. It's Thanksgiving, so your boy is going to be enjoying his family, and I'm going to be in some form of food coma, and so therefore your boy is not going to be dropping any episode or i'll probably be dropping an episode on tuesday but not an episode on wednesday so enjoy your family or enjoy your friends if you can't make it to your family and just you know hug on people love on people do all the things you would love to do with people and yeah that's that's all i got expect no episode next week but i'm gonna catch you up in the next one remember generosity is always greater than greed god bless each and every single one of y'all and y'all boy is out of here peace